Ooh, welcome back everybody it's Friday and today we are previewing hashtag UFC Vegas 12 <laughs> Dom, one two <laughs> the end of another week how are we doing very well uh, fun fact we are having the first ever UFC event on Halloween this happy, Saturday night, and happy, we're here to break it down. Yeah, happy spooky season. The end of the, spooky season, <laughs> but, know. you know. That is interesting, and I think that this poster really represents that well. It, it gives the vibes yeah. of spooky season. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, it's been an interesting week, hasn't it? It has. Um, it feels like it's been a while since we had last been in the studio. It does. Cause, it really uh, hasn't been, but it, it's just, yeah, just it's cause, so hard without you, Noah. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you know for, for those of you that maybe aren't aware, um, we had to postpone Wednesday's special episode to this next coming, upcoming Wednesday. That's right, what we're right. looking for, upcoming. Um, but... Even though that was kind of unplanned, it works out. The better. plan yeah. moving forward, um, and it's been kind of decided for a while now, is that we were going to start doing our special episodes bi-weekly. Yeah, that's kind of like a rough. It's more like expect like two a month. Yeah, and like more. that's if, because if, it could be like you were mentioning in your post you right on Instagram and Twitter. Right. It could be back to back weeks. Yeah, it we just could, depends we could, on we could go two weeks without one. Yeah, like right. it, you know, it's all about. There's a lot that factors in play. Like, we've been pretty blessed so far to have had a UFC event every week. Yeah. But if there's a time where that isn't the case, then We're that to... Wednesday episode's probably going to be more integral yeah, just to yeah. keep, keep a consistent schedule. But it's kind of an awkward thing, right? To, like, when we planned this, we were, like, three videos a week. Yeah. And even when we started, we weren't planning to do special episodes every week. That's like, true. It just kind of happened. It just happened because I think we just got really into it. And, yeah. You know, not that we still aren't, but we're just realizing as we think long term about this, um, thanks to your all support, mm-hmm. we have to start thinking long term. And we've got some fun ideas in mind down the pipeline to, um, I don't want to give away anything, but like take place for special episodes yeah. it's some things yeah. that are we're working on yeah, for yeah, the yeah. future for sure so. for sure and I, I guess what I, what I was getting at there was that when we had to start thinking about things long term um, inevitably if we kept going week to week on these special episodes eventually we're going to run out of ideas yeah it was going to we were going to get to a point where we're like damn it's kind of hard yeah I but mean now, by no means are we out of ideas right now and that's why it's hard to like make the switch yeah, okay, it's been it's been. We have to pump the brakes. Yeah, but I think it's important. Uh, even though right now it may come off like oh, like they're starting to lessen their. Uh, no, 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 no. no. Uh, we're still. We're this still really here. is for this is like for a long haul type deal yeah, here. Yeah. So. so I think it's a smart idea, and I think it's it just so happened that we had to postpone Wednesdays, but I, it works out better. Yeah, it works out because now it's going to be the first Wednesday of November, and then from there it's like, boom, okay. Yeah. The bi-weekly begins, yes. and um, it will make the special episodes, as we love to say, a little more extra special. Ooh, I like that. Because more. now y'all got to wait that one extra just week. A, you got to wait just a little extra. Like, you're, you're going to come in week two of November and be like, damn, I wanted an episode. <laughs> Yeah. It, but then you're going to be like, oh, but I can't wait for next week's. 
But then does that add more pressure on us to make them even better? Oh yeah, we We're gotta have bring to it. Really bring. We gotta bring it. All right. I think we, we always we, bring we got we, we got bring. we got it. Anyways, thanks for yeah. being with us. Yeah, hundred percent. So, so much to come. Yeah, there's a lot to go over today. Yes, there is. Not only are we obviously previewing this card on Saturday for yes. the UFC, um, we're also going to be recapping Bellator 250, at least the main event. Yeah, doing a recap in a preview yeah. for another... Well, yeah. well, and huh. the news. And the news, Hello. obviously. I mean, yeah. Um, so, obviously a lot to go over here. I don't think there's any better way to start than with the news. The news. We start with Bellator. Yes. Because, uh, again, we're starting with our fight announcements here. Bellator Women's Flyweight Championship. The next fight has been booked December 10th. Alima Lay McFarlane. Oh, the yeah. dominant women's flyweight champion that over in Bellator. Going up against another undefeated women's fighter, Juliana Velazquez. Dom. Tell him. One of those O's has got to go. Yes. We love this. Yeah. And, you know, I, I despite our relative infancy and in, um, embracing Bellator and really watching it, um, Alima Leigh McFarlane is someone who I've been hearing about for a while now. Yeah. Uh, this is a badass chick. Yeah. As Dana White would say, if you don't know, you're about to know. <laughs> I just changed that shit. Yeah. Because... Lima has been the flyweight champion at Bellator since November of 2017. Right. She's on a 10-fight win streak. As you said, she's undefeated. And she's tied for third in Bellator history for most submissions with six. She's kind of a big deal. Yeah. Um, what's One of the things that I always say is not that women's MMA isn't great. It is. But you don't typically you typically see less finishes in women's MMA than you do in men's. I'm not gonna break down the science of why that is, because that's out of my uh, that's out of our pay grade. Yeah, yeah. But um, ultimately, when you look at her resume here, 11 wins, eight of them by finish. Yeah. This woman's going in there and finishing you. Yeah, six of them by submission. Obviously, this woman, yeah. she's gonna choke your ass out. Yes. But she's going up against Juliana Velasquez here, who is 10-0. This woman kind of has the reverse thing going on. Five of her ten wins by finish, four of them by TKO-KO, ah. and one submission. Ah. So you kind of get that classic uh, grappler, grappler versus striker. striker. And uh, I think that's going to lead to a pretty good matchup here. A good oh, yeah. test for McFarlane, as really she hasn't been tested too much. That's true. She's made it look easy. Yeah, and I'm not saying that uh, Velasquez is necessarily going to be the one here. I think that's an uphill battle for sure. But as we like to say, undefeated for a reason. Undefeated for a reason. And, yeah, I mean, God, you look at the the run McFarland's been on here. She debuted for a promotion in her second professional fight back at Bellator 141 in August of 2015. Since then, it's been... Mostly, again, mostly finishes. Yeah. I mean, her last fight was a decision over Kate Jackson at 236. but And her debut was a decision. But in between those, again, you mentioned it. She's 10-0 in the promotion. Yeah. She only has three decisions in Bellator. So, like, it's not like she was just beating up cans on the regional <laughs> circuit. Right. She's beating some of the top women in the world. Yeah. Do we ever see Lima make the jump, Noah? 
talking about to the UFC? Yeah. I I wouldn't. It wouldn't it's surprise me. It's so hard me. to predict something. What yeah. is her age? She's thirty. Thirty. Yeah. Okay. She she turns thirty one in April. Um. So she's in her prime right now. Yeah. She's big for flyweight. Mm-hmm. Like she she looks like she could fight at a bantamweight, mm-hmm. which I could realistically see her doing as she gets older. Um, once you know it becomes harder to cut that weight, I could totally see her moving up to bantamweight and uh, making a run there. As Bellator well. has begun embracing that kind of champ champ status. Uh, it seems I, to just be everywhere these days. Yeah, but it's cool to see. Hundred percent. There's no. a lot of big Bellator championship fights on the horizon. We've got the Featherweight Grand Prix next month. There's yeah. some fun stuff. Corey yeah. Anderson yeah, Cor- makes his I mean, debut next month. Not a title fight, fight, but it's still big Makes debut. his debut next week. So. Bellator's, they're slowly yeah. but surely working their way back to making some big moves here. Yep. And trying to make this 2020 as best it can be. Mm-hmm. You know? Our next fight announcement, we're back to the UFC now for these next two. Junior Dos Santos, we last saw him getting... Uh, TKO'd by Jairzinho Rosenstroik at UFC 253. Yeah, we've been seeing that a lot recently. Yeah, with JDS. you know it's the top, it's the best of the best in the heavyweight yeah. division. But you have to wonder where JDS it truly, like what, where does he truly, what's his stock right now? I wonder more from a mental state too. Like this is a big test for him because he's going up against Cyril Gain, who is ranked, uh, I want to say like 13th, 13th right now, yeah. undefeated at six and zero. It was just scheduled to fight uh, this past week, and it fell through due to some shit with his opponent. Yeah, that was weird. But but now he's fighting JDS. I'm like, I'll take that. (laughs) Yeah, I... You know, uh, JDS is ranked 7th. Cyril Gain ranked 13th. Uh, This matchup makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. Gain is the rising prospect, a guy who's got some hype around him. While JDS is on his way out, I guess that's the way we're looking at this right now. Um, I'm curious what your thoughts are on this matchup and kind of, you know, you, you mentioned it when I said it. You said he's been getting finished a lot lately. Yeah. So are you feeling a little pessimistic about JDS's chances in this matchup? Uh, I am, unfortunately. I think Gain is a legit threat and a new prospect that we, we talk about this all the time for the heavyweight division. And I, I will say on the uh, flip side, we just saw this kind of situation happen recently with Overeem versus Sakai. And we saw the veteran experience come out in favor of the vet there. Uh, and Overeem got the big win and stopped kind of that, uh, I don't want to say hype train for Sakai, but a young up-and-comer that was well on his way and got stopped in his tracks by the vet. So maybe we do see the same thing play out here. But, again, three straight TKOs for JDS. I, it's, I think it's more of like where's your mental state going to be at coming into this one. Because we know... JDS is in great shape. He's always been in fantastic shape, no matter what age he is. So I think it's just getting his head right, and that's kind of the biggest task here I think it had for him. Yeah, I, it's tough to predict. You know, JDS is a legend, a pioneer, yeah. if you will, of kind of that post-Brock Lesnar heavyweight division, him and Cain Velasquez with mm-hmm. that amazing trilogy. But that's been almost a decade ago. Yeah, he's been around for a while. He's been in wars. Uh, he last he fought for the heavyweight belt. Actually, it was uh, Stipe, Stipe's second title defense. Yep. Back at UFC 211. Yep, 211 in Dallas. Joanna and Jessica Andrade yep. was the co-main. So, uh, 
they, you know, he's he's still been fighting at the top of the top these last few years, but three straight TKO losses, I believe it was Ngannou was one of them, correct? Who was the mm-hmm. second one? We've got um, Ngannou, then Blades, then Rosenstreich. Yeah, Stryker. Blades, that's right. I forgot about that one. Now, those are literally I mean, three of the top five heavyweights. Yes. Three yeah. of the top four, maybe. It's the top three. Yeah, <laughs> behind Stipe. Yeah. So that's, I mean, if you want to look at it optimistically, yeah. is that I mean, you don't you don't want to see a guy getting finished that often, but it's to the legit three best, yeah. yeah, three biggest contenders in that division. But yeah, he is going up against someone who is uh, ready to make that next step. I think Cyril Gain, his last win was against another rising prospect mm-hmm. Tanner Bozer. Yep. That was in December. That was the Korean Zombie Frankie Edgar card yep. that capped off 2019. So we haven't seen him in a while. So this fight's going to be very important for him. That's a huge That's December task for 12th him. by the way. I don't yep. know if I mentioned that. That that's UFC 256, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. that is UFC 256. So, uh big fight for that card, you know, these these end of the year cards. They're this, really coming together. And people are kind of shitting on yeah. them and I'm not I'm not here for it. No. They I mean, if we're talking top to bottom from prelims to main card, there's going to be fights that are great throughout all of it. Yeah. They're agreed. really good fights. And then to finish off our fight announcements part of the news today, it's, it's a big one. Is, I, I you like this yeah, one. this one gets me excited. <laughs> Dominic Reyes, who we just saw have a very tough loss in his second, uh, what's the word? His second title fight. Title fight, yeah. Back at UFC 253, he has booked his next fight. Yes. It's looking like he's going to be headlining a fight night on February 27th. Way That's out right. in February. End of February yeah. 2021. And he's going up against, I believe, the number six ranked light heavyweight. A guy that I'm a big fan of, the former Ryzen light heavyweight title holder, Yuri Prochaka. It's fun. Jiri has literally only fought once in the UFC in an amazing performance against Vulcan Uzdemir. You call Great it. fight. You had the bet on him that night and everything. <laughs> Too bad I did a parlay and <laughs> lost already by that point. But uh, this is a big fight yeah, for Jiri here. Oh, yeah. You know, I don't, I don't think Dominic... You know, it's it's tough because uh, you know Reyes wants to go in there and get a big bounce back, mm-hmm. and he inevitably could. I mean, Jerry's got a wild, he's a wild man. He's, yeah. he's got a wild style to him. Dominic's a little more composed, a little more, I guess, a little more technical. But in this matchup for Jerry, I mean, he wins this, and he's likely looking at a title shot. He's got the experience too, man. 31 fights to <clears throat> Dominic's 14, which is yeah, wild to think wild. of. I do believe if Jerry were to win here, depending on how this there's a lot that, shit yeah, there's and Tiago and Glover, we'll, yeah, we'll but, get but I think he can very well earn a title shot. Yeah, and while Dominic, you know he wants to bounce back, but I don't feel like if he loses here, it's necessarily like... Like, obviously, it's tough. It's back-to-back losses, but or back-to-back-to-back losses. It would be three if he were to lose. But to... the Jones one, you know, we won't. Yeah. You know, it, it was really close. But if he were to, let's say, get finished similarly to how he did against Jan Blomich, looked incredible, yeah. I, I, I don't think that it's going to necessarily hurt him too much. So I think this is kind of a good choice for a fight back. Because it's one that he can win. Obviously, anybody can win. But mm-hmm. it's... 
He does have some advantage on paper. However, if he were to lose, I don't think it necessarily, like, you know, it drops him a couple spots in the rankings, yeah. but he's still in the top of the top. Yeah, of the there's division. worse lo- losses out yeah, there. And, and especially when the, right now that division is just up for grabs. Like, he, he'll he be fine if he were to lose this, but huge opportunity here for Perchaka to yeah. really show that he is one of the top guys in the world. Yeah. This I is mean, a- beating Volkan Uzdemir, a guy who had fought for the title against Daniel Cormier not too, you know, just a couple years ago, mm-hmm. and finishing him the way he did showed a lot. Obviously, the UFC are kind of believing, uh, buying into him, kind of giving him this opportunity here. Yeah, if you debut against anybody in the top ten, then you have hype behind you. That's- and, I, and, you know, I, here's a question I'll pose that doesn't involve either of these guys. Where does this leave Alexander Rakic? I literally thought the same thing when we started discussing this. Because, you know, Prochaka was kind of calling for a matchup with Rakic, and Rakic was like, um, I'm not looking back, I'm looking forward. I mean, I guess if we're talking that way, we're assuming the winner of uh, Tiago and Glover get the next title shot. I would assume the loser of Tiago Glover, question mark? I mean, if he's not wanting to go back in the rankings. Yeah. And Yuri's literally fifth, so all he was going to do was fight one less spot. It's like, well, I guess you kind of have to fight Glover or Tiago then. Mm-hmm. But then if I'm him, I'd rather fight a guy coming off a win than a guy coming off a loss. I don't want to get into it. But, yes, what's next for him? Probably one of those two. Because he's kind of the odd man out right now. Yeah. Obviously, a lot can change, as it always does. We're, you know, this is the end of February. We're mm-hmm. talking here. For all we know, this fight will, <laughs> won't even happen. Mm-hmm. But... Still, it's very interesting as this is kind of turning into one of the more interesting divisions to watch out for, especially when you got guys like Izzy and John Jones yeah. just hovering yeah. on the outside looking in, potentially making a splash. Just when we thought the boogeyman was gone. Yeah. He's he, still right there. Yeah, so it's, uh, and we, and he, shit, call him the boogeyman. I mean, Izzy's right there too. I, I was calling both of them the boogeyman. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's happening February 27th, headlining a fight night as of now. Amazing matchup. Yes. That'll be a, a great, a great main event yes. for uh, a card that's free, kind of. Kind of free. Kind of free. Sort of, kind of. <laughs> you gotta read the fine print. That's the end of the fight announcements, and here's a bit for the rest. So we start, also, this is March 2021, so we're going even further into the future. Two fun things for March of 21. Well, yeah, okay, this is true. This is true, yeah. Uh, that That's my fault. Uh, we got two things here for March 2021. Potentially. Maybe, maybe a better way to word it is the spring of 2020. Yeah, we'll go with that. The UFC is looking at for March, April, May time. One of them. We got two potential title fights that in our top two divisions in heavyweight and light heavyweight here. Yes, we do. We'll start with light heavyweight. Jan Blachowicz, obviously, with that huge win. Polish power has never been bigger. Oh, no. But he, he's <laughs> potentially, and I, I'm very shocked about this one, but it, it's uh, looking more and more possible that Israel Adesanya might be making that jump sooner than we expected to yeah. light heavyweight to try to dethrone Polish power. So that's interesting, right? It is. But I'm going to I'm gonna stack but these. But wait, <laughs> yeah. But wait, there's more. At heavyweight, uh, it's looking like March is, might be when we get to see our boy, yes. our goat, yes. Stipe Miocic back. 
in a rematch with Francis the Predator in Ganu. Oh. <laughs> to get a little, I got a little chill down my spine. <laughs> I feel the, the fog of <laughs> Halloween creeping yeah. in here. Yeah, so these two fights. Huge fights. Huge fights. I'm... Stipe Francis makes all the sense. Yeah, that's to me. gonna happen. That to me, that's the fight yeah. to make a heavyweight. Yeah. If but, you're, unless, like, if you're not gonna put John Jones right. in there, I yeah. guess. But I, even then, I think it should be Stipe Francis, no matter what. However, I'm not as big on the Jan versus Izzy fight. I, th- I think it's kind of hard to. S- I don't want to say it's hard to sell, because Israel's obviously a superstar, but like. This is going to sound bad, but, like, it's more so from a Jan perspective, like, should he be fighting a guy like Izzy? I, and I'm saying, I'm not even, that's going to make me sound mean, but I'm not, you know what I'm saying? Like, it, I don't know. Are you, like, it's are, a, it's are a, you, are it's you a saying, huge, are you trying to say words over there? Like, it's a huge money fight. Is it even a money fight though? Like I don't know where I'm going with this. I, I don't like it. I'm I think, it's a, I think it's a legacy fight for Izzy. Yeah, it's built for Izzy and not for Jan. But Jan's well, still getting to fight. Imagine Jan's the like, rub Jan gets if he, especially if you were to win. Look, I've counted out Jan every step of the way. You said next time he fights, you're not counting him out. Shit. <laughs> I've also counted out Adesanya every step of the way. You just can't pick for that fight though. I. I'm Just call it a draw. I'm, call it. I'm picking a draw. <laughs> okay. Jan, I picked Rockhold to beat him. Yeah. I picked Jock Ray Sosa to beat him. I picked Corey Anderson to beat him. Yeah. I picked Dominic Reyes to beat him. Yeah. Yeah. Starts them all outside of Jock Ray, but. Yeah. The less the less we talk about that fight, the better. I don't like it. I don't want this. I think Jan needs to at least defend the title once against the light heavyweight. Well, especially if one of these guys. Coming up here, not yeah. this I, next next week, weekend. Yeah. Tiago Santos and Glover Teixeira, especially if one of them makes a huge statement. That's a clear cut number one contender fight. Like, okay, even if let's say it's not the most, let's say it's a pretty boring fight. Let's say neither guy looks good. Okay, maybe you're, you know, not as into the idea of giving yeah. either one of them a title shot. Right, but the fight hasn't happened yet. Right. So let's, sure, this fight's this fight's not booked. I think it's more UFC's probably haven't talked with. There's probably so many different talks that go on over there that yeah. get, new things are brought in every day, new things are thrown out into the trash every day. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's it's a the fight business is constantly moving. I mean, if you look at our like if we went back and looked at the news segment from our very first episode, <laughs> it might be like holy shit, like that. Yeah. That much has happened and. The, Two months. We're gonna need to do a rewatch episode at some point. Yeah, but uh, so what I'm what I'm getting at here is that basically I, I I'm not for it. I think that the winner of Santos Teixeira should be fighting for the belt next. And I need Izzy versus Rob 2.0. I I told you I'm I'm sold on it now. Rob has proven that you know he's he's shown me enough mm-hmm. to be like maybe he's got a chance. Obviously, anybody has a chance, but you know what I mean? Like, maybe he's not completely outmatched like he looked in the first yeah. fight. I, I feel like there's so much more for Izzy to do still at middleweight first. We're talking guys yeah, like Hermanson, Till. 
the Till fight, we love that fight so much. Well, Till has to earn it. I know, man. It's like <laughs> that's the problem. Because you know, because that's the problem is like, understandably, Izzy might not be super into the idea of fighting Whitaker again. Yeah. I mean, it's been only a year. The only since other he beat him. So what, what I'm saying is, if Cannonier had won, clear cut. Yeah. All right, new blood at the top. Yeah. But think about this: we were pitching. You know, I, I mentioned Derek Brunson versus Cannoneer. Mm-hmm. Well, Izzy already starts Derek Brunson. That was like his coming out party. Yeah. So, he's really been beating a lot of these top guys. Yes, you do have guys like Hermanson, even Cannoneer still out there. Darren Till. Mm-hmm. Um, but those guys haven't really earned it yet. Hermanson can earn it with the win. Till... I think Till would have to starch Hermanson. Yeah, it's, it's kind of tough there, but... I... I... The only fight right now for me that I would like to see Izzy do that's not middleweight is John Jones. But then it's like, that fight's kind of hard to pitch if one of them's not a 205-pound champ. Like, you really going to do Izzy versus John Jones for no belt? I mean, you can. I mean, it's a grudge match for sure. So, it's just, it's I mean, it kinda, it's kind of reminiscent of, even though the fight never really delivered, uh, this the beef between Izzy and John, it's kind of reminiscent of uh, Rampage Jackson Rashad Evans back yeah. in the day. They headlined a card, wasn't for a belt. Yeah. Fight ended up not delivering, but... I mean, Izzy Jones would be huge, don't get me yeah, wrong. I, there doesn't have to be a belt, it's just, like, weird. Well, my, my worry here is that we're getting into... We have a lot of matchups where you, you're talking about people headlining cards, but they don't have belts. You yeah. got Connor Poirier that's looking more and more likely every day. Then you got Colby Mosvidal that could potentially headline a card. Mm-hmm. And then you got this matchup, Jones versus Izzy, that could mm-hmm. potentially headline a card. There's only. <laughs> you still got to have champions fighting at some point. Yeah, yeah. You can't just do a whole year of <laughs> non title fight. If we want to look way down the pipeline, Habib GSP. Uh, I don't want to get into it. Yeah, Anyways, there's a lot of shit here, a lot of moving pieces. Yeah, I don't want it. I think we're, we're just not super supportive of yeah. Jan Izzy right now. Right now. That's the key words there. Am I opposed to Izzy going up in the future? No. Am I opposed to Jan versus Izzy? No. I think that's actually kind of an interesting I, Honestly, fight. if they booked it, like let's say this fight uh, next Saturday ends up being kind of a dud, a dud. And they booked it right after that for March or whatever, February. I would still be excited for Oh, yeah. yeah. But would it be my preferred choice? No. No. Yeah, that's a good one. Preferred choice right now is actually Whitaker 2. Who would have thought? Me. Whit- yeah, Izzy Whitaker 2 and Jan versus winner of Teixeira and That's uh, That's how it should be. But we'll see. Yeah. And our last bit of news here. <sighs> Robbie Lawler, unfortunately. My yeah, my guy. Yeah, yeah. He is out of his uh, scheduled fight with Mike Perry due to an injury that was booked for UFC 255. There's a little bit more to this, there is. but I do want to just start by saying that I jinx, I completely jinxed this. This was this is funny actually. So we forgot about that fight. So I was up pretty late one night, um, and I was just you know once I'm on them, once I've slept a lot during the day or whatever, and I'm up at night, I just start you know digging deep. Yeah, yeah. You know, I was looking back at some things, and I was looking at the card for 255 because everybody keeps shitting on it. And I'm like, why? I'm like, it's a good card. Yeah. I get it. The title fights might be a little one-sided on paper, but there's a lot of it, good fights on it. Yeah. Brandon versus Brandon? Hello? No, that's the one I'm most excited for. Anyways. 
I was looking, and I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> we talked about that. I was like, Robbie Lawler, yeah. Mike Perry. I was yeah. like, damn, I forgot about that. So I, I literally went to Twitter and typed in, like, searched, I think, Robbie Lawler or Mike Perry, one of the two, just to see if, there, if it had officially been – because it was still on Wikipedia being – it was like, like under, under announced bouts, but yeah. it wasn't confirmed. Confirmed, and all I could find was Ariel, the the piece that we used for mm-hmm. our news segment that week, which was Ariel Hawani's tweet about it. So I literally sent it to you, and I was like, "Damn, completely forgot yeah. that this fight was on 255 as well." Because we had been talking about how this card that card's slept deep. on. It's deep. So much so that we thought, like, is this going to be, like, a prelim headliner? Like, we just yeah. don't know. Not, anyway. e- not even 24 hours later. Yeah. <laughs> the fight was officially off. Yes, Robbie Lawler out due to injury. So I completely jinxed this one. Basically. But Mike Perry... The ball's on this guy. This guy's crazy. <laughs> Isn't he fucking awesome? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But Tell him. Tell him what he did. Because I wouldn't do this. Mike Perry, you know, he's like... All right, I lost my matchup with Robbie here, a legend. Let's take a harder fight. <laughs> who who out there can I fight? So he's calling for a matchup at middleweight with uh, a Mr. Hamzat Chimaev. Now I like it. Last week we spoke on a fight with Chimaev. Chimaev is headlining a fight night in December against Leon Edwards at, at welterweight. At welterweight. Yes, yes. So, <laughs> it would, So you're telling me there's a chance. So, considering how Chimaev's kind of just been more than willing to go back and forth, back and forth, yeah. willing to fight twice in a week, what have you. Yes. It's kind of weird that I could totally see this happening. Oh yeah. It's. I think this. This is where the UFC led him. Because I can't imagine Shmaev wouldn't be down. Because it's at the other weight class, so yeah. he can still get another win. Then he's got a welterweight fight. Then it's like, holy shit, this guy's literally the king of the UFC by the end of 2021. Um, I'm all for it. As a matter of fact, I love it. The problem is, actually, there is no problem because they would immediately bump off a card of the main card if it meant. Chimaev was going to step in here. This fight is a banger, but Chimaev smash. Chimaev do smash, but do Perry he... presents his hardest challenge. But Perry because he's by... not going to give. The... Yeah, yeah, that's Mike Perry's <laughs> mo, isn't it? Yeah, Mike Perry's baby mama would be in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> that shit would be wild. Yeah, the pregnant too. Yeah, bro. And you know he, he would he would have a two person corner. Yes, he would. <laughs> so, um, it's an interesting matchup. I pers- I don't think it's gonna happen. Yeah, not probably now. Not, probably not. But I could uh, totally see that being his. I, I don't know though. Once he if he were to beat Leon Edwards in December, he's he, the king of the world. Even though at middleweight, maybe he hasn't like he hasn't fought anybody top ten. But if he ever goes back to middleweight, it's top five immediately if he beats Leon. Probably that's what so. I'm saying. So it's Perry might actually be like below him. Yeah, I will say there's time for something to work, even if it's not Shmaev. This is November 21st. Yeah, so we've I got time. I definitely want to see Mike Perry get a uh, replacement here, and I respect the hell out of him for. 
being like, give me, give me your boy. I will say, send me location. <laughs> yeah, Kevin Holland, who we're gonna break down in a little bit, called out Mike Perry. He wants to fight him then. That fight. Now that's a fight that I want to see. <laughs> so, uh, Kevin Holland, buddy, if you take care of business, uh, turn around in three weeks. And I'm Mike loving Perry's Kevin ready. Holland, man. That yeah. dude's been stepping up big time too. Yeah, yeah. That's been the beauty. We keep bringing. I keep. We both keep talking about this point. But this quarantine has really brought out a lot of... Badasses. Yeah. It's really shown a lot in these guys who are fighting three times in two months and yeah. shit like that. Like, that's... Chemaya being one of them. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, twice in a week. Yeah. yeah that's... <laughs> you just... This is unforeseen madness. time. Yeah. It's, it's just been... It's been madness, but it's been... It's... Beauty... Beautiful, beautiful chaos. chaos. I, I almost said Beauty Behind the Madness. That is the Weekends album. <laughs> not that's not what I meant. Oh, BS. It's been chaos. beautiful chaos, and I'm all here for it. Yes, I love it. But for now, that is the end of the news. The news. But we're still not previewing yet. Hold on. Sit down. Grab your beers. Down, boy. Down. <laughs> Easy, big fella. Easy. We got one more thing to touch on here. Yep. Bellator 250 happened as you're Moments watching ago. this last night. Yes, for us, an <laughs> hour ago. <laughs> Just wrapped up. Yes. Headlined by a huge fight this here is in a, This was a big fight. Yeah. Gegard Mousasi got the unanimous decision win over Douglas Lima. 48-47 and then 49-46 on the other two scorecards. Dom, what were your thoughts on the fight? Uh, we watched it together, so... My thoughts are, I'm shocked there were two judges that gave Lima two rounds? No, only one. Okay. okay. The other two gave him one round. Okay. Um, I'm surprised that he got... Even two. got a round. Well, one round I can see. I think he might have got the uh, fourth or fifth. But the the rest of the way... Yeah, I mean... What a performance by Musasi. Yeah, there's not a ton of takeaways here. We know uh, Lima, of course, was going up for the champ-champ status. He's the current welterweight champ. The vacant middleweight belt, so uh, Yegard had lost that last year. Yegard looked good. The first round was, like, the most convincing round of the whole fight. Yeah, it really was. He looked like an animal that round, and then from there, it was kind of lackluster. Both kind of had their moments where you're like, ooh, but... Um, I don't know. Maybe just for as big of a fight it was, didn't live up to the hype, which is not a bad thing. It can't you know, always be that way. It's one of those fights where you put two guys who are at the very top, yeah, of their divisions or the very top of the sport. These are two of the poster boys for Bellator. Yeah, you pit them up against each other, and when you got guys that are so technical, so experienced, just. Two of the best. Have a combined 78 wins. That's wild. <laughs> but you put them up against each other, it's not necessarily going to lead to like a all-time classic brawl. Yeah. You're going to get this more technical affair, a more conservative approach from both guys. I will say for Lima, a little bit of a disappointing performance for a guy who can straight up murder people. Yeah. You know, you look at that knockout over Michael Venom Page, not, what, just a couple years ago? Mm-hmm. That guy will put you out. Yes. And he channeled his inner Tyron Woodley in this fight. He was constantly being backed up to the cage. Yeah, he was fighting along that fence. He was was throwing, like, he was trying just to throw, like, huge shots. The one shot. Yeah, like the one shot power. But 
it they were very telegraphed. They he wasn't really hiding his shots very well. Musasi's been in there with literally the best in the world. I thought it was a know? very convincing win for Musasi. Yeah, you know it's it, say what you will. He still got say it. what you will about the fight, but I mean he's thirty five. He still he looked good. I said to you when you came over to watch that fight uh, an hour ago. At this mm-hmm. point, uh, uh, Musasi is. Probably top three, top five fighters in UFC history to never get a title shot within the organization. Yeah, that was one of the reasons why he left. Yeah, because he probably should have had one by the time he was out of there. He, I didn't mention. I don't think I mentioned this, but he, with this win, he won the vacant yes Bellator middleweight world title. So that was a huge fight to decide it. Um, he's, you know, he's looked really good in his last few fights. Now, he did have that loss to Rafael Lovato Jr. back in June 2019. But he did have a split decision win over Leo to Machida, and then he gets this win here. So, um, I don't know who necessarily is next for him. You know, some people might... You got you got other guys that like obviously a guy like Rory McDonald still mm-hmm. well actually Rory's not even in Bellator anymore. he's well he's in that awkward stage yeah he's of, in the PFL but yeah. now the P it's, I man that's just like so well, much so much yeah. keeps happening I don't know who's next for him maybe you give a guy like Lovato a, a chance for the belt since Lovato did beat him mm-hmm. just yeah. a year ago it's very interesting it is that makes him 47 7 and 2 now in his professional career he is literally beaten and fought everyone there is to fight yeah including mark hunt who's a heavyweight by the way and for lima <laughs> lima's only 32 he's still kind of in his prime and still a champ yeah. at the end of the day yeah. he's 30 32 and 8 it's very reminiscent of not as good of a fight but it's reminiscent of when holloway went up and yeah lost yeah. to poirier Gave it your all, didn't win, but you're still a champion. Yeah. And we saw what Max did, went right back down and defended the belt again before he lost it. So Yeah. So, I mean. Lima's an absolute stud when we all know he's this. He's still the king of welterweight, yeah. man. Yeah. That division still runs through him. Because you got, before this loss to Musasi that we just watched, he was on a three-fight win streak. His last loss being to Rory McDonald back in January 2018. But his last win before this fight was... To Rory McDonald. Okay. So redeeming that loss there. So he's still the king of welterweight, man. And I don't see that changing anytime soon. But Musasi is just a tough matchup for anybody. Yeah, he's so good, so experienced, so that, technical. That matchup with Musasi and um, Rory was hyped up quite a bit. But I remember seeing them in their face-offs when they were in the cage. Musasi was so much bigger. Yeah, and he's so calm and just... He's, he, he's literally done it all, which so obviously we shouldn't be too surprised. But And he's so well-rounded. He's a stud on the ground, too. He's finished, like, how many wins does he have? 47? He's finished, yeah. like, 30-something <clears throat> of them. I mean, it's insane. And a good mixture of knockouts and submissions. He's always been, for years at this point, one of the best in the world, no matter what organization. And he just proved it again tonight. Yeah, 100%. But... Bellator's got a big fight coming up next weekend. Yes, yeah. Corey Anderson makes his debut against the Dutch legend, the Dutch kickboxer, who's 44. (laughs) Yeah. Melvin Manhoff, a guy who, go look up that guy's highlight tape. (laughs) That dude is dangerous. I don't care how old he is. 
I think we might be looking at a next title challenger here, especially if Corey were to win. If Corey, Just because, wins. Like, if Corey wins for sure. Coming from the UFC, and now they have a new light heavyweight champion. It's yeah. not Bader anymore. No. So that's an interesting one. Agreed. But with that, we're going to get into breaking down this uh, previewing time. hashtag UFC Vegas 12. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it. So we got a really, really good fight night. We do. We really do. I think we're gonna start at the bottom here, at lightweight. Or maybe I'll start by I'll go through the card. Yeah, go through the card. Let them know. So we open our we open this fight night, the main card, of course, with Bobby Green, our boy, the king of the UFC. He's on the main card. He's going up against Tiago Moises. Next fight at heavyweight, the big boys, Maurice Green, another Green, going up against Greg Hardy, everybody's favorite gent. <laughs> Hello. Former NFL defensive end. Yep. The guy Very a good stud one, by at the way. one point yeah. in time. Then at middleweight, Kevin Holland, we just talked about him. Yes. He got his replacement fight. Yes. Charlie. I think it's Antaveros. Antaveros. Yeah, that really wasn't that. I don't know why. <laughs> Uh, that'll be at middleweight, Comain, featherweight. He's back. Andre Touchy Feely. Love that name. Is going up against Mr. Camo Pants himself, Bryce Mitchell. How He's is it got fair? Him. How is it fair for Feely to have to fight someone that who is going to be invisible? Oh, what? <laughs> and then the main event. I just got chills. Uriah Hall. Yeah. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uriah Hall's fantastic. Going up against one of the GOATs in potentially his last fight inside the UFC octagon. Yes. Anderson the Spider Silva. You think he's going to dress up, Noah? Or do we want to revisit that? I'd rather not. Okay. Okay. (laughs) The less less we say about that, the better. But we're going to go back down to the Yeah, back down, back down. We'll get to the. I know you guys love. I know you guys want to hear all about Uriah Hall, Anderson Silva. Dom's practically. I'm in tears. Practically ripping his note <laughs> his notepad in half here as he wants to talk about Anderson Silva so bad. But we start with Bobby Green and Tiago Moises. Yes, Dom, yes, yes, yes. Break it down. Bobby King Green is the king of the UFC Apex Center right now. Three and zero in 2020, all at the Apex, going for his fourth win. Of the year, but it does not come easy. Bobby Green is 27 and 10 with eight KO TKOs, nine submissions. He's eight five and one in the UFC. Uh, again, on a three fight win streak, all in 2020, all at the UFC Apex. He's got notable wins against James Krause via TKO, Clay Guida via unanimous decision, and he got his I don't want to say avenge because this was the draw on his record but had a unanimous decision win against Lando Venata. Some notable losses to Edson Barboza via unanimous decision. Dustin, the diamond, El Diamante. Poirier via knockout. Uh, and then, of course, the draw on his record was with Lando the first time they matched up <coughs> against one another. On the other end of the octagon, we've got Tiago, who is 13-4. Three KOTKOs, five submissions. 3-2 and two in the UFC. Again, that comes with a little asterisk next to it. One of those wins in the Contender Series that we love so near and dear. 
Uh, notable win, Michael Johnson in his most recent bout uh, via submission. And then a notable loss, Noah, to Benil Dayush. Huh. We're big fans of Mr. Fans. Benil Dayush. Big fan. This is a fun one, a really fun one. But Bobby King Green is having that career resurgence right now that we've talked about a couple times. I'm going to go Bobby King Green, fourth win of the year, 4-0, and unanimous decision victory. Nice. Good fight, though. It will be a good yeah. fight. Uh, Tiago, I do want to mention that last fight with Michael Johnson. Poor Michael Johnson. Yes. You My love man, talking about him. Yeah. Uh, I'm just going to – this is going to be a tangent, but i got to talk about this. Saddle up. Michael Johnson has beaten the following guys in his career. You're going to drop some people's jaws here in a second. Tony Ferguson. Edson Barboza. Dustin Poirier. To name a few. Those are three of his 19 wins. Yes. My man is 19 and 16. Yeah. He has at times looked so good. We're talking about two top three lightweights. He has at times looked so good. And this last fight he had with Tiago Moises is another example of his bad luck, as I'm going to call it. Johnson looked crisp, looked great in that first round. Second round, him and Moises kind of collide. They kind of get tangled up. Moises gets an Achilles lock immediately. It's over. 25 <laughs> seconds in the second round. Michael Johnson's career. So I'm going to go with Bobby Green by decision. <laughs> uh, no, Moises, uh, he looked, he, he, he did, uh, that was a very slick submission. Mm-hmm. Um, that could come in play here, I would say. You know, he does have six wins by submission. Nine of his 13 wins by finish. Yeah, yeah. Putting that out there. Bobby Green has, even though, like, he's put on good fights, but it's so weird that, like, he's been in so many decisions. Yeah, he's had three in a row. Yeah. Victory Well, loss. yeah, then he had the two losses back-to-back. And, and those were decisions, The win right? before that was decisions. <laughs> yeah. My man has not been in a fight that has went less than three rounds since being knocked out by Dustin Poirier at the first-ever card oh. I watched live. Uh-huh. See that? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> UFC 199 hey. knocked out in less than three minutes. Man, that wasn't even that long ago now that you think about it. That was uh, June 2016. I mean, look at where Dustin specifically has came from there. That was but kind now, of that was kind of start of Dustin's yeah. rise. Actually, I think after that's when he got put to sleep by Johnson. But it yeah. was kind of the start of him. And then here we are with Bobby Green now having his resurgence. Yeah. I'm calling for top 15 if Bobby Green wins this. I, it's got to happen. He It'll be close. Because oh. I, I was really hoping he would get some. I thought it was going to be his next one. I was hoping but. he would get someone maybe a little bit. Tiago, not, not to take anything away from him, I mean, he's had a decent run here. But, you know, Michael Johnson's not a top 15 guy anymore. Or, I don't know. I don't know if he's. Michael Johnson pisses me off. <laughs> but, I, like, I don't know if Bobby Green with the win here is necessarily, like, in top 15 range. But, I, I mean, he's. He's definitely close. Mm-hmm. I I'm all for it, but I wish he had someone with a little more mm-hmm. weight to him, a little mm-hmm. more I don't know, uh, a little more of an accredited opponent, I guess. But I think Green's gonna have a good performance here. I think he's gonna keep keep, keep that ball rolling. Yeah, keep it rolling. I think he's winning by unanimous decision as well. The pace he's going, we might see him get a fifth one in by the end of the year. You never know. You know, with all these decisions, the fact that he's in the cage so much. Mm-hmm. 
He's not staying taking, in shape. He's not too. taking a ton of damage yeah. in any of these fights. Yeah. He's been very sharp. Even though he hasn't necessarily been finishing guys. His boxing has looked really yeah. crisp. Like don't just because someone's a decision fighter or yeah. is right now a decision fighter doesn't mean they're boring or that they're not good enough or whatever. He's just legitimately just looked so calm, he looks composed. Like a different he just he looks very crisp in mm. the cage, and I, I think that's going to continue here. Yes. Now we're going to get into some shit. The big boys. We're going from someone looking crisp to I'm going to call this the sloppy Joe fight of the evening. <laughs> what? <the>? Wow. <laughs> uh, no disrespect to either of these gents. We know that everybody loves Greg Hardy. You know what? I'm Listen, just going to let you. It's know. just a controversial guy, right? We'll just yeah. leave it at that. Yeah. It, yeah. It's like you love him, you hate him. Maybe you're right in the middle. But anyways, Greg Hardy, Maurice Green, the lone heavyweight action on the evening. Greg Hardy is 6-2 and two since beginning his professional MMA career. Five of those wins via KOTKO. Uh, three and two with one no contest within the UFC. Notable wins against Jorgen DeCastro, who at the time was undefeated. Uh, that was to be a unanimous decision. And then his notable loss was to Alexander Volkov, which actually, the more that I talked about this with Noah, in a fight he didn't look that bad in, especially because he took it on short notice. Volkov, we know, is a top 10, uh, coming off a big win last <laughs> weekend at 254. And then his other loss on his record was due to a disqualification because of an illegal knee. That also didn't give him much of a good reputation since that was really new into his career in the UFC, but I digress. Uh, Maurice is 9-4 and four with two KOTKOs, five submissions, 4-2 and two in the UFC, notable wins against John John Villante in his heavyweight debut all over the place here. I don't know if you remember that fight. Yes. My boy John. Yeah. The fuck happened to you, bro? He needed to say it light heavy, I think. Bro, he looked pregnant. Well, anyway. No, no, no. Okay, hold on, hold on. Uh, look, I'm Apologize. a big, I'm a big guy. I'm not. What I mean by that is, at light heavyweight, he looked like he was built. He was, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was just such a contrast to see my man with like a belly. But it wasn't like when I say I'm not. It's not like he looked. Like, you know, I'm not talking saying he was like big country Roy Nelson, you know, mm-hmm. big, but like he still had like the like he his legs, his arms, they still looked strong, even his back still looked like he was built well. But then he just had this like just larger gut going on. Mm-hmm. And it was just such a weird You can I, kinda just tell like he just kinda put the That's what on. I mean by he looked pregnant. I mean he legitimately looked like Everything else was the same. Yeah. And then he just had this. Yeah. Just a, it was a weird look for him. Um, was not about him at heavyweight. But anyways. Maurice Green submitted him. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Notable losses for Maurice uh, to Sergi Pavlo- pa- pa- Pavlovich uh, via TKO. And then he lost to Alexi Olenek via submission, which is no surprise because Alexi Olenek submits fucking everybody that he fights. Yes, it seems like. this is true. Um. I don't really know what I'm going to go with here, but I think we're going to see some wild stuff. Um, I could definitely see that. Maurice Green definitely will we'll put it all on the line. 
Greg Hardy, for someone who fights a heavyweight, I, I will say he he has a he has a very he, you know for a guy who's not necessarily technique based, you know he's still very young when it comes to his MMA experience. Like he hasn't been doing it that long. Yeah, he has a very safe styles. Yeah, it started real wild and crazy, but he you can tell he is starting to evolve. It's starting to click. Yeah. He did say I saw some stuff today. He's not been very pleased with his career so far and he said um, he's basically been like a D grade fighter and he thinks that this weekend he's going to show how he's leveled up to a B level fighter. Mm-hmm. So I'm interested to see what he means by that and how he plans to go about it. However, I'm going a Maurice Green unanimous decision here. Okay. I'm going to go Greg Hardy second round TKO KO. He goes to the finish. I yeah I I just I think Green's going to push him to mm-hmm. it's like kill me or be killed. Mm-hmm. And Greg Hardy, dude's a physical specimen. Yes. Dude's an athlete like no other. Fought in the NFL or fought played in the NFL. played in the NFL for years. Uh, was not just played was. A pro bowler multiple times. Mm-hmm. Guy was incredible with the Carolina Panthers back in the day. Um, I think he'll get the win here, and I think it's going to be a decisive one. But I do think Green's going. I think. I think it'll. He'll have his most. I think this one will be fun. Yeah. yeah. I hope so. Anyways. Mm-hmm. So with that, we move on to Kevin Holland, Charlie Ontiveros. Tom, I know you had your work cut out for you here with the late replacement. We'll see how you did. Uh, I did all right. Maybe. Uh, 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 maybe. Anyways. Kevin, who we've just talked about a month ago. When did he fight? September 19th or something like that. He fought on the, it was the card, uh, Woodley Covington. Okay. Oh, God, yeah. It wasn't that long ago. It was ago. like three weeks ago. Yeah. So, if you listen to that episode, you kind of already know where I'm coming from. If you haven't, welcome to the Belevagers MMA podcast, first <laughs> off. Kevin Holland is 19-5. and five. He's got 9 KO, TKO, 6 submissions, uh, 15 out of 19 via finish. Then he's 6-2 and two in the UFC. Again, that comes with a little asterisk. He was in the Contender Series that we love. Notable wins against uh, Gerald Mearchart via split decision. TKO'd uh, Jaquin Buckley. I had to mention that because of Buckley's recent success and the viral kick. And it's Joaquin. Joaquin, thank you. That's why you're the 10 out of 10 guy. We continue. Okay. And... A split decision over Darren Stewart, uh, who we most recently saw fight as well. He's coming into this fight on a three-fight win streak. Uh, notable losses. Noah, he made his UFC debut against Tiago Santos. Yeah, he did. <laughs> Throw him into the wolves, why don't you? Uh, <laughs> right but up. lost via unanimous decision, so didn't get finished. Um, and then lost to Brendan Allen via submission. The late replacement, Charlie Ontiveros, is 11-6 and six with four <clears throat> KOTGOs, two submissions. This is going to be his UFC debut, um, but out of his six finishes, three of those have came in the first round. But I really like Kevin Holland, and I think he really wants to fight Mike Perry. Therefore, he's going to come out and starch. Charlie, I'm going second-round KOTKO for Kevin Holland here. And then he fights Mike Perry at UFC 255 November 21st. Book it. I like it. Do you know who Charlie Ontivero's first professional loss was to? Tell me. Michael Venom Page. No kidding. Yep. What, uh, was that I, in Bellator? At least I hope this is... The same guy? <laughs> I hope this is the same Michael Page. 
Now you got me making thinking I should check. Yeah, it was at Bellator 144. Wow. He fought at Bellator 144. Where's Charlie most recently coming from? Uh, organization-wise. No, really. Is it Bellator? Sweet, Dom. Put me on the spot, dude. I didn't know. No, I thought you kidding. had I'm it up. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, he last fought for Fury Fighting Championship. Okay. Definitely one of those... Um, the amateur for, for, for the re- of, well, for, know, Not amateur. For the regional but, circuit, yeah. it's definitely on a higher yeah. stage than yeah. you know some of these that we've heard. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was where he's coming from. I'm definitely going Holland here. I'm a big Holland guy. I, I think we both are in that way. I'm also rooting for him to kind of make a statement here and therefore be able to get that fight with Mike Perry. I'm actually predicting that's what's going to happen. As for how he's going to do it. You know you want to do KOTKO. <laughs> just pick the round. Come on. Come on. Yeah. Uh, I was just I was just looking. Join me. Do what I did. Ontiveros has six losses. Yes. All six of them are by TKO. Oh. Yeah, he's being finished. All first, six of his losses, he's been finished. First round. Well, I'm saying. Oh, I'm so saying, you said he's been finished. You know, the, look you, the look you just gave me. I mean, <laughs> it's got to be one, two, or three. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I'm going first round TKO KO for. Ooh. Oh, my. <laughs> yeah, I, I just saw that and I went, huh. His nickname is the American Bad Boy. Yeah. Well, well. Kind of reminiscent of the Huntington Beach Bad Boy. I'm just huh? gonna, I'm just gonna skip past that one. We move on to the co-main event here. This, I'm very excited for oh, this. Oh, Mister Arkansas. Actually, this is probably, yeah, this is this fight is my of the night. this is my pick for fight of the night. Yeah, I think I'm gonna go with you. And uh, this is the fight that I'm most excited for on this card, just from a stylistic matchup, obviously. Anderson Silva's back, mm-hmm. and Uriah Hall, so like, yeah, well, it's a big mm-hmm. fight, but Andre Touchy Feely. Been there and done it all. Been there and touched and fell. <laughs> you really had to, you really had to say that <laughs> after I said Touchy Feely. <laughs> He's going up against Camo Man, Bryce Mitchell. Now, if you're confused on what we're talking about... <laughs> Bryce Mitchell is from Arkansas. Yes. Big uh, camouflage fan. He's been calling for wearing camo, a camo fight kit in the UFC ever since he essentially came into the UFC. And it's happening for the first time. Reebok has done his own camouflage fight kit. Like you said in the intro to this um, preview here, Feely can't fight a guy that he can't see now. So I'm obviously going to pick Bryce Mitchell here, but first yeah. I got to go to the nitty gritty. Yeah, Bryce Mitchell is 13 and 0, undefeated, nine submissions, including a twister, <laughs> a twister. <laughs> Four and 0 in the UFC. Notable wins against Charles Rosa, which was his most recent victory. Eight out of his nine finishes, and since they all are submissions, eight out of his nine submissions have came in the first round. Mister Bryce Mitchell doesn't mess around when he's got you on the ground. Andre Touchy Feely, by the way, 21 and 7, 9 KOTKOs, 3 submissions, 9 and 6 in the UFC, been in there with the who's who. I had to mention Artem Lobov because he's the greatest fighter of all time. Uh, notable win Andre beat Artem Lobov, unanimous decision. Beat Dennis Bermudez via split decision. Miles Jury, unanimous decision. Most recently, Charles Jordan via split decision. Notable losses 
to the greatest featherweight of all time, Max Holloway via submission. Yair Rodriguez via KO. Lost to Calvin Cater via decision. Michael Johnson, who Noah loves talking about. Split decision. And Mr. Sadiq Yusuf himself via unanimous decision. This is Bryce's toughest task so far in the UFC. I would agree. Very interesting matchup here. Andre, again, he's been in there with the who's who. He's got the experience advantage here. But Bryce Mitchell has proven to be a force, especially in this featherweight division here. Well, I'm sorry, you want to finish. I was just going to finish off with the prediction. I'm going Bryce Mitchell, but decision. I I don't think he's going to be able to get another submission. But it could be the power of the camo. I, I think I'm going the same route here. I'm doing Mitchell by decision. I did want to mention um, that Andre Feely's only lost twice by submission in his mm-hmm. career. Hasn't happened. It happened twice in a year span. And that was once to Max Holloway by guillotine. Yeah, yeah. And then just over a, or just le- a little less, 11 <laughs> months later, he lost via flying triangle choke to Godofredo Pepe. Wow. So, hasn't lost by submission since. I think you're going to see a just a very fun, stylistic matchup here. Bryce Mitchell is one of the most fun grapplers to watch fight. He is mesmerizing when he gets on the ground, all the stuff that he does. Like, if you're one of the people out there that don't enjoy watching the grappling aspect of mixed martial arts, tune into this co-main event because Bryce Mitchell can put on a show on the ground. Bryce Mitchell versus Charles Rosa. Charles, no disrespect, like, tough-ass guy. That was a very one-sided fight. Yeah. One of the best fights on that whole card. Yeah, yeah. And it's the one that opened the whole night at UFC 249. Yes. One of the most fun fights to watch that whole night. I'm telling you, man, that guy's a, a, a different animal. And, and a I, character, too. Yeah. Everybody loves this kid. Loves Arkansas. Young up-and-comer. He's right now, he's ranked 15th, I think, in the division. So, getting a win over a guy like Andre Feely. Um, you know, we could be on the cusp of here soon, Noah. What do you, what do you think? Or should I save this for Monday? No, I'm going to say it right now. Because right. I'm probably going to say it again Monday. I think I know what you're going to say. You know what I'm going to say. A little Bryce Mitchell. A little Sadiq Yusuf. Yep. <laughs> Ooh, baby. But anyway, he's got to get through. Andre. Touchy. I like how they're treating Mitchell here. They're yeah. they're they're bringing him up the way you should. Yes, it's definitely a test. Feely has been in there with the best of them. He's been in some wars. Mm-hmm. He's had his big moments in the octagon, but he's not a top ten guy. Right? Is he even a top fifteen? No, he's not ranked. He's not ranked, but he has been in the top fifteen before. I they might even be like tied for fifteen or something. Yeah, he, he's been. He's in the right top, there. He's been. He's right at the the cusp. Yeah. But he's, you know, it's a good step up mm-hmm. for Mitchell here. Mm-hmm. And with the win here, I mean, I, I'm definitely all for him versus The Jesus. sky's the limit for this kid. Yeah. I, Super young, so talented. Especially if he can even <clears throat> improve his stand-up, too. Like, th- you don't want to get on the ground with this guy. No. So. And I think that's going to be kind of the test here is Feely's probably going to keep it on the feet. I, he's going to try. <laughs> I mean, if you look at Feely's, like, method of, winning here 21 wins he's only got 12 of his 21 are by finish i don't want to say only three submissions nine knockouts yeah, so yeah. he's uh definitely going to be looking to keep this on the feet i would assume because <laughs> if not then i'm going to be questioning a lot yeah. about that decision <laughs> yeah 
But uh, it'll be very interesting to see if Mitchell's able to get it to the ground. If he is, how successful he'll be able to be. I mean, we saw the way he looked against Rosa, and Rosa was able to pull mm. it out. Feely's got that kind of – he is like that. You know, he's a guy that will gut it out. Yeah. So I think you could be in for a similar-looking performance here. I think Feely will have more moments than Rosa did against Mitchell, though. But with that, we are at the main event of the evening. Dom's heart is not ready for this. No. No. Uriah Hall versus Anderson. The Spider. Silva. Dom's got a whole page of notes for this fight. Buckle in, everybody. Yeah, you're going to want to really listen up here. Dom's Because really... I'm about to take you on a trip down memory. He's going to go, Uriah Hall. And now for Anderson <laughs> Basically. And just to be clear, Dom's really going to relish in this. I am going to very much enjoy this. He loves because breaking I'm... this down, yeah. but this is potentially the yeah. one and only time. This is it. You will ever, yeah. ever... Get the breakdown Anderson Silva on this podcast. Yes. You're tearing up as I'm saying that. Undoubtedly my all-time favorite, and it probably will never change. Ever. But first, Mr. Uriah Hall himself, the number 10 ranked middleweight. He's 15 and 9, 11 KOTKOs, one submission, 8 and 7 in the UFC, but another guy that's been in there with the toughest that there is. Uh, notable wins against Chris Lieben via TKO. Tiago Santos, actually, back in the day via decision. Uh, Yegard Musasi, who we just spoke of, he TKO'd him with a nasty spinning back kick to the freaking face. Oh, yeah. God. Uh, and then his most recent win was Antonio Carlos Jr. in a very close split decision. Notable losses to Kelvin Gastelum in the Ultimate Fighter finale, and that was a split decision. Uh, then Robert Whitaker via unanimous decision got TKO'd by Derek Brunson. Uh, got TKO'd by Musasi. I don't remember which one came first, but they have fought uh, twice. His, his loss was the loss was a rematch. First. The loss was in the rematch. Uriah's loss was the rematch. Okay, uh, and then he actually lost to Paulo Costa. Uh, that was a wrecking ball there. <sighs> TKO there for Costa. Come on, red carpet. Anderson, the Spider, Silva, 34 wins. As in, as much as it pains me to say, 10 losses. 23 KOTKOs, 3 submissions, 17-6 and six with 1 no contest in the UFC. It's time for the history class here. Because every, every fight... In the UFC for Anderson Silva is notable. And I don't think that can even be debated. So this is going to take a second here. Notable wins. UFC debut against, at the time, for those of you that are new to the sport, Chris Lieben was like the toughest son of a bitch there was. And the craziest son of a bitch. Ultimate Fighter Season 1 alum. Everybody loved the dude. Silva came in and starched him in less than a minute. Incredible debut. One of the best debuts. Earned him a title shot. Yes, immediately. Which leads me into our boy, oh. Rich Franklin, the Ohio kid. This one hurts me. My dad's met him. Rich Franklin times two, I might add. First time via KO. Uh, 
set his nose to the opposite direction. It's quite disgusting. <laughs> and then in the rematch, um, a little bit later, Silva again gets a TKO finish there. Then we move on to Travis Luter, TKO. Nate the Great Marcourt, TKO. Dan Henderson, submission. Then, and, and at this time, this was relatively unheard of. Silva goes up to 205 because there's no one else to beat at middleweight. Catches a body kick that James Irvin threw. Catches it like he was catching a football. Yep. Throws the right hand and knocks his ass out. <clears throat> I have a shirt in my closet that I dug out when I was home last of this event. Oh, really? Yes. I'm, I'm, I'll have to do a little story on the podcast yeah. to share with everybody. But James Irvin, his light heavyweight debut, KOs him. If you ain't seen that, it's quite incredible. Then he TKOs Patrick Cote. Cote suffers some sort of knee injury there, but it's a TKO. Uh, then a Talis latest unanimous decision. Then he jumps back up to 205 and embarrasses Forrest Griffin. You're not kidding. I bro. mean, we love Forrest. We've met the guy, love the guy. But wowie. There's levels. Yes. There are levels of this game, and Silva showed it there. Then he goes back down to fight Damian Maya in a fight that's not loved by many people, including myself, but gets a unanimous decision victory there. Then we go in to one of the greatest rivalries in UFC history. Mr. Chael P. Sonnen dominated Anderson Silva for four and a half rounds, something we had never, ever, ever seen. Four and a half rounds, though. Yeah. That's not a full fight. Because in this fight, and I think we agree on this. Well, I just, sorry, I don't want to catch you off. Go ahead. Joe Rogan on commentary goes, is it too early for Chael in his corner to start celebrating? Well, Joe Rogan, it is. Anderson Silva pulls off the greatest, the greatest comeback win in UFC history. Yep. A triangle, ch- triangle choke slash arm bar. He did both of them, kind of. It was weird. Locks it in with two and a half minutes left in the fight. Chael P on his way to a dominant. We had never seen Silva be tested, hardly even touched. And Chael dominated him, but gets the triangle submission. Greatest comeback in the UFC history. It's absolutely insane. Then they rematch a little bit later, and he starches him there. Chael goes in for a a spinning he does, back, spinning back fist, fist slipped, he, fell against cage. Yeah, and then from there... It that was, knee to the knee fucking to the sternum. sternum hurts me to think about it. Um, so TKO's Chell in the rematch. Then the front kick. The spider kick, as it's become known as. Yep. Against Vitor Belfort, the battle of Brazil. The old school, which at the time versus the new school. It, Silva was becoming the new... He was already a superstar, but he was kind of taking that place that Vitor had held so prominently for so long for Brazil, KO'd him in an absolutely disgusting front kick. Then goes on to fight Yushin Okami, who was a stud at the time. Sexyami, is that the guy? Or is no, that no, no, one? that's another That's another one, is <laughs> Sexyama. <it>? Sexyama. <laughs> Yoshihiro Akiyama. Yoshihiro Akiyama, yeah. Anyways, <laughs> Yushin Okami, TKO's him. <laughs> Sexy Kami. Then, he takes one last trip up to light heavyweight and brutalizes Stefan Bonner and lands a nasty body knee. Uh, have you? Well, that fight, Anderson literally standing straight up against yes. the cage. Yes. Stefan tries to throw like a spinning back kick. Yes. 
Anderson gets out of the way, goes then right goes back. Right to back. His, he's like, come on. stands there. Gives him a, come on, let's go. Yes. And then 20 seconds later is like, all right, I'm done with this. I've had my fun. <laughs> Finishes him. Anderson was that first real showman we had ever seen, and no one quite did it like him. Unfortunately, ends up costing him, which I'll get into. But he does have one more notable win. It was against Derek Brunson. Um, a questionable decision victory there, but nevertheless a win. Notable losses. This is where I'm uh, in some pain here. He finally loses the middleweight crown to Chris Weidman via KO. And Noah, he was doing a little showboating, huh? Just a little bit, as he's so known to do. Yeah. He's dancing around, wiggling, acting like Weidman had hurt him. But little did he know that Weidman was going to basically give him a big old fuck you and lands a brutal hook that knocked out Anderson Silva and at the time was the most shocking victory probably in UFC history. And at that time, probably the biggest upset in UFC yeah. history. Even though Weidman at the time was undefeated. He was, but his... Anderson his, Silva... His best win going in... I think the win that got him that title shot was against Mark Munoz. Yeah. Who was ranked, I'm sure, but this is... Silva was looked at as unbeatable. Untouchable. I mean, outside of Chess that's Sonic. why you had a guy like Weidman even getting a shot. Because Anderson had beaten everybody. Yeah. Um, so then, obviously, there's going to be a rematch because Silva has held the title for so long, which I'll get into later. And this is really where I think the career plummeted here. Anderson literally snapped his leg in half. <sighs> I remember watching it live God, I in imagine. the basement with Dad and all of his friends, and I was... Utterly speechless. I, I can't imagine what was going through your mind yes. at that point. Little, little Dom was not very happy. I, I can't believe you're still here yeah. watching to this day. Yeah. I guess at that time it wasn't little anymore. But anyways, <laughs> younger Dom. Yeah. Um, so he snaps his leg in half, obviously loses the fight there, unfortunately. Then has a long uh, layoff. Goes on to fight Michael Bisbing in an incredible fight. A fight I think we both agreed, Silva, we had winning that fight. Arguably, he knocked out Bisbee. Talk about it's very controversial. Talk about saved by the bell. Yeah, uh, did he hit it like as it was sounding? Yes, or it like, was literally as it. He knocked out Michael Bisbee yeah. with a flying knee. Nevertheless, Bisbee gets the decision victory. Bisbee's known to have a couple very questionable. I think that um, that one was still close decisions. enough to where you could give it to Bisbee, mm-hmm. but I. I haven't watched it in a long time. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll admit that. But I remember thanking Silva won. Now, the fact that he did basically knock him out may have had a bit of uh, mm. may have had Played a, bit, a little bit of factor. May have pl- been like the overarching thing in my head the whole rest of the fight. Mm-hmm. But it, it matters. I mean, you look at both their faces at the end of the fight. Yeah. This being was, was busted. busted up. Similar to when he uh, fought Dan Henderson in yeah. another questionable. But this isn't about that yeah, thing. Right. Uh, then he steps in on literally like two days notice, light heavyweight, even though he only weighed like 193 pounds, to fight Daniel Cormier and essentially attempt to save the pay-per-view UFC 200. Gets kind of dominated by DC, but gave him some scares when the fight was on the feet. Um, DC even admitted got very injured with a body kick. Uh, but unfortunately, not enough time there for Silva. I think it happened late into that third round. 
so it loses to DC. Then, and what has really taken a special place in my heart, his fight with Israel Adesanya, one of my favorite fights ever. Just to me, that's that passing of the torch uh, that I talk about with you all the time. Gave Izzy a run for his money, had his moments. Very fun fight. Uh, Israel Adesanya, who is now the middleweight king, win, won that via unanimous decision. And then his most recent fight, another leg injury for Anderson Silva. But this time, due to Cannoneer, I'm not going to take it away from him, Cannoneer landed a brutal leg kick, dropped Silva, and that was all she wrote. So loses to Cannoneer via TKO. I'm going to rattle off some accolades here before well, we predict. You, I just want to mention between the Daniel Cormier and oh, Israel Adesanya fight he fought, um, um, why did I just blank on his name? Um, we just talked about him. Who did I say Cannoneer was going to fight next? Brunson. Derek I, Brunson. I talked about him in Notable Wins. Oh, my fault. You're good. But it, yeah, uh, I just want to mention because you it were was kind, the question because he has victory. most of his losses have were kind of have kind of been on this string. Yeah, yeah. Coming off that Cormier loss, you know that it was a fight that he really didn't need to take. I yeah, mean, he did it he to save it for, the card. Yeah, exactly. Um, so it wasn't really looked at as like a bad loss by any means, even yeah. though he was, do- I mean, dominated yeah. on a day's notice. That Brunson fight, however, his only win in this span yes. since, I mean, he did have the Nick Diaz one that's been overturned. But yeah. He, that fight I thought he lost. The Diaz one? Brunson. Oh, Brunson. Yeah, he, it was, it was close. It was, so it's uh, it's kind of weird how, like, I thought he won against Bisping, but I thought he lost against Brunson. Yeah, so yeah. either way, he's he, he's had a tough go with things here in the late part of his career. Yeah, but I'll let you go sure. into the accolades, because that's what we want to focus on here. Yeah, do I should do the accolades now or after predictions? What's what's better? What do you think? Do them now. Yeah. Since I'm on this yeah, whole yeah, yeah, Silva yeah. spiel, go ahead, go ahead. Fourteen out of his seventeen UFC wins are via finish. That ties him for second all time in finishes. A sixteen fight win streak, which to this day is a UFC record, because John Jones has a no contest in the middle of all of his wins. That cuts that off. So he's still the top of the top for UFC win streak at 16. 13 of those at middleweight. 3 at light heavyweight. 10 title defenses, which is second all time. uh, Behind Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson with 11 consecutive defenses. 9 title fight finishes. UFC record. The longest reigning UFC champion in history. 2,000. 457 days. That's a lot of days. Became the champion October 14th of 2006. I was eight years old. I assume I would have been too. You were going on nine. <laughs> Lost the belt July 6th of 2013. Nearly seven full years of being a champion. 14 post fight bonuses. 17 pay-per-view main events. That doesn't even take into consideration the fight night main events. Think about this. When he won the belt, we were in third grade. Yeah. And when he lost the belt, we were freshmen in high school. Yeah. Think about it. Just think think about about it. it. (laughs) Maybe even sophomore in high school, actually. The, The biggest 
problem here, and it's obvious, and I think it's more and more as time goes on, he's becoming lesser in the GOAT talk, is because he stayed around longer than he should have. That's yeah. just, that's it. Um, yeah. I think the first Weidman win was fine, you know. He got caught, and it was his fault. But when he broke his leg, that, as I already mentioned, was kind of, that was the turning point of his career. And from there, we've just seen so many losses. And uh, granted, it's all against top-tier competition. One, that's questionable that he should have won. But there just comes a time where he should have just stopped. And he would still be amongst many others in the GOAT talk. But with all these recent losses, you you kind of have to take it into consideration. Mm-hmm. Still my GOAT, maybe it's just because this was the guy. Like, Chuck Liddell introduced me to the UFC, but this was the guy where I fell in love. And now, it's October 31st when he fights. Halloween, the spider makes one final ride to the octagon. When those lights dim, Noah, ain't no sunshine. (laughs) And that plays over the speakers. I'm gonna I'm gonna be feeling some type of way. Yeah. Um, do you want to give your prediction? I've been really going here. I'll let oh, you kind of I mean, give uh, your thoughts. You on all this. you couldn't have put it any more beautifully, Dom. <sighs> thank you, thank you. I I'll talk a little bit about this whole week. How confusing yeah, <laughs> Anderson yeah. Silva's comments yeah. have been. Not to change the mood here, because <laughs> we're definitely. Uh, doing a lot we're, we're we are operating here as if this is his last fight yeah we want he's 45 years old let me just say i am assuming this will be his last fight in the ufc that's the did you guys get that yeah did you catch that his interview with ariel Hawani. yes correct? yeah he <laughs> my man like it seems like every time he's been talking about retirement since the first weidman loss yeah which is when, really, right around that time is when he probably should have been done, in retrospect. If not the first one, I really think the broken leg should yeah. have been it. But He said he believes, like, he, he, God, you know, I know English isn't his first language, but he was worrying it, like, basically saying, he believes this will be his last time fighting in UFC. Yeah. Now, keep in mind... Um, he technically, I believe, has two fights left on his contract. He does. But uh, apparently maybe it was just agreed upon between him and the UFC. Like, the UFC didn't, probably didn't want him to fight at all. Anderson's like, well, I got two fights on my contract. And they're like, you know what, let's give you one more main event. Kind of meet in the middle. I don't know all the, all that type of detail stuff. So It's basically he was kind of saying, we'll see. I, and I'm like... I don't want. Come on! I don't man. want. Like just. I did. I saw another interview. I think it was with someone from MMA Junkie. Um, he said if he were to win this, and he were to get that second fight of the contract, he would be interested in running it back with Bisbing, in like a legend fight, or um, revert one of his worst performances with Diaz, Nick Diaz. Wait! 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 Yeah. Wait! Wait! Yeah. Wait! Wait! I don't... He said Michael Bisping? Yes. He said those were the two fights that intrigue him if he were to win and get well, another you know, fight. 
you're aware Bisping will never be able to fight again. Because of his eye? He has one eye. He does have one eye. Dom, he, I don't think you understand what I'm saying there. He has one eye. Yeah, other eye is glass. I think. He can't fight. Like, no, no medical personnel will let him fight. It might plop out in the middle He of the literally eye. can't see out of one eye. Okay, yes. uh, Anderson, you need to chill, bro. I'm this, trying. I'm this. trying to celebrate you, my man. And now he's he's uh, he's he's uh, he's going down a danger. Okay, look. <laughs> this needs to be his last. This fight. needs to be it. However, <laughs> to headline a one FC card. You talked about this the other day. At the end of 2021. I sent you a gif of Steve Harvey of him going, oh, hell no. 46-year-old Anderson Silva will headline a card against Vitor Belfort. No. For one FC. No. 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 Okay, I'm going to believe this. I think this is his last fight. I really hope so. And... It's not an easy fight. No, it's not at all. Now, Uriah Hall is 36. He is a little bit older, but a guy who is so dangerous on the feet. He is very dangerous. However, Uriah Hall is always this guy. He's kind of frustrating in the same sense that I was mentioning about Michael Johnson, where it's like some nights he's on and some nights he's just not. And when he's not on, it's not a it's really not, close. It's not promising. Yeah. It's it's interesting for him. So this is a really tough fight to predict. It really is. Like it, it honestly is. It's not like I know Silva has had a tough go with things, but he's really been fighting the best of the best. I mean, that last loss to Cannoneer. Cannoneer was just a number one contender fight, and he didn't look awful. It just there wasn't a lot. I mean, that it, happened. it was just the one leg kick yeah. to the leg that had already. The been fight with up. Izzy was like Izzy, damn. Yeah, and I and I know maybe Izzy was taking it a little. Easy on him. I, I, I get it. But he still Still was good. landing. Oh, God, I love that fight so much. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> where do I go here? Where do I go here? I'm going to go with Uriah Hall. Uh, but I do think... I, I think it's going to go to a decision. I don't think this fight's going five rounds. No matter who wins. Actually, okay, listen. I'm just going to be honest with you. My mind says, pick your eye hall, you right. dumbass. But My heart. One last ride. Do it. I know you want to do it. Say Anderson Silva by first round submission right now. <laughs> Anderson Silva turns back the damn clock, finishes out on top, main event. Halloween, the spider's web. Uh, Uriah Hall, dare I say, will get stuck in the spider's <laughs> web. Anderson Silva via. Can I just? Do, can I be fun? Can yeah. I be fun? Oh yeah. Second round KOTKO Anderson Silva. You heard it here first. I I'm going Uriah Hall by decision. I actually think this fight might be a little bit, a little bit dull. See, in my head, I feel like if Uriah wins, he's going to finish Anderson. You would assume, but 
I mean, Anderson has I only been knocked out. I once. literally don't know how to like this. I have fight, no idea what's gonna happen, especially when it comes to the method of victory. This might be one of the hardest, like legitimately. Do I one really of the like? Because if Uriah Hall finishes Silva, it's probably gonna be pretty brutal. Oh, I've yet to see Anderson outside of the Weidman, and the Weidman yeah. loss. It was just a boop. <laughs> like yeah, he was fucking head bobbing against the kit, against the the canvas, but. I mean, it was just a little bop, and then he was it, down. It was. He hasn't been. I mean, the 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 cannoneer leg kick was like. Yeah. Other than that, we've not. His chin's probably in good health. I mean, is outside he, of his is age, is he hit him with some really clean shots? Yeah. Nearly dropped him with one, but didn't. So I mean, he, I've yet to see him be brutally <laughs> yeah. KO'd. Yeah. So, for I'm just imagining Uriah landing a spinning <laughs> kick to the face. <laughs> <laughs> I just can't imagine it. That's why I don't think I don't know what's gonna happen. Oh I, I for you people that might listen to this and listen to our predictions and maybe I've heard some people say that they might place bets based on our predictions. Whoa. Do not do it on this fight. No, if I'm you guys, I'm betting the house on a Silva <laughs> second round KOTKA. Okay. Well no, I'm just I would not <laughs> don't bet, do that. Don't I would not that. bet the house on Uriah Hall by decision because I don't know what's going to happen. I literally have no clue. I have no idea what's Which, going to happen. Which, I will say, is to the benefit of this fight. Yeah. Because it intrigues me it that much more. It is very intriguing. Yeah. But again, you guys can catch these fights Saturday night. Start I think it's time. 7? I think it's 7 o'clock. Because Ohio State plays a night game that night at 7.30 or 8. I Y'all have 7. the internet. Look it up. Yeah, look it up. Um, but it's going to be on ESPN Blitz. Plus. Yes. <laughs> So make sure to get that. It's only five bucks a month. Y'all. If anything, tune in to watch. If you've never watched Anderson Silva before, I'm sure he's going to have some tricks up his sleeve, as he always does. Yep. You, if you've never watched him, I know he's not in his prime no more, but you gotta tune in once. You gotta see once. the legend. Legends never die. One last ride. One last ride. And with that, we are closing the book. Not really, because we will. Oh yeah, we're gonna reopen it. <laughs> that that is hashtag UFC Vegas twelve. As for the start of next week, Monday, we're gonna be recapping, reviewing all the action that happened Saturday night on the, that episode. Yes, on the on the episode on the fight card. On, on that episode Monday. Oh yeah. Monday okay. Sorry. Sorry. I don't know. If nah, I, I worded that a little. No, weird. no. You. I get what you're saying. Sorry. Sorry. As for Wednesday, oh, we took a rain check, but uh, we back. It hurt us not doing yeah. it. Like we this wanted this. Who's next? Part episode two. two. Yeah, yeah. But we're not. We're no not. Sp- gonna, no spinner wheel. No, 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 no. No need. No we're, need. We are. Doing the lightweight division for oh. that episode. Oh, you guys need to check it out. We're really going to go <laughs> into some details. Yeah, as uh, Trey Song says, we're about to dive in. Oh, nice. Yes, yeah. yes. Uh, we, be ready. We are about to dive in. Yes, it's going to be. Ooh. We are going to be matchmaking the shit out of the lightweight <laughs> yeah. division. Yes. So I'm very excited to go over that one. As always, that's Monday and Wednesday. But Dom, tell the good people where they can find you on social media. You can find me, Twitter, and Instagram, at dsilly14. Been trying to engage a little more with MMA Twitter on my own personal one. I yep. uh, interacted with MMA Gone Wild. That's kind of a big MMA Twitter thing. Uh, so just, you know, not so much, but a little bit. 
And then the podcast you can find on Twitter and Instagram at B-A-J underscore MMA podcast. And I just want to say, everyone, enjoy your Halloween weekend. Stay safe out there. If you get the chance, tune in to see some Anderson Silva action. If not, we've got you covered on Monday. Yes. Well said. Thanks. Everyone stay safe out there this weekend. You know, just stay inside. <laughs> don't, don't, I know it's tempting. But take it from an experienced vet in yourself. <laughs> it's not worth it. It's not worth the pain. Just set up a little a little bucket of water, put some apples in your house, go bobbing for apples, right? That's a Halloween <laughs> thing. <laughs> Right? Isn't that a... Oh, my God. You want to hear hear a funny story? (laughs) Sure. Wait, do you want this on? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. So, have you ever noticed I have a really small mouth? (laughs) Where are you going? Have well, you, now that you mention it, I have a pretty small mouth. I've never measured mouths before, but I'll take your word on it. I got a big ass head, but I got a small mouth. Where are you going with this? Hold on, hold, on. hold on now. <clears throat> Damn, girl. All right, hold on. <laughs> I, I, I'm not capable of bobbing for apples. <laughs> In this episode. Like, I would literally drown before I'd be able to get <laughs> Tell them where you're at on social. <laughs> As for me, oh. if you go to my bio on Twitter or Instagram, at ntbaker underscore, oh. you'll be taken to our link tree, which will give you the links to all of our social media platforms, oh. along with all the platforms that the podcast is on. Oh, including but not limited to well, kind of limited to including our Twitter our Instagram, the YouTube channel, the Anchor page Spotify Apple, Google and there's a link on there if you want to become a supporter of the podcast just to provide just a little money a little, a little monetary amount each month all that money goes back into improving the podcast improving the audio uh, potentially down the line doing a video podcast so that's what all that goes for but again we appreciate all your support no matter if you're giving us money or not but again find that at my bio at ntbaker underscore let us know if you let us know how your apple bobbing goes this yeah. weekend I'm leave assuming, us a voice message I'm assuming it'll go a lot better than mine but with that we're out and we're gonna see y'all on Monday Get just end it just end it <laughs>